Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, this is Rick Mercer, you're listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 146, for Wednesday, February 26, 2020. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? Oh man, do I have some stuff to tell you guys about. This will be the podcast that I tell you about the rest of my trip in Scotland, the beautiful, beautiful country of Scotland. I'll tell you guys about my big trip out to the island of Isla and the distilleries that we visited there. Uh, what it was like doing shows in Scotland, right? Performing the old ha-has in another place, another continent. Uh, I'll tell you guys about uh, some of the little things I did since I got back from Scotland. Um, of course, this episode is coming at you guys a little bit late, and I do apologize for that. I've been really, really messed up since I got back. Um, I, I don't want to put my finger on it, any kind of pinpoints or, or anything like that. I just mean like... I don't know if it's jet lag because my thoughts were just jet lag would last you a day or two until you caught up in sleep. I've been doing a lot of sleeping. I've just felt worn down and maybe, and some people have told me that's what jet lag is just where you just feel this, this overall fatigue. It's not just like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep or, or got too much sleep, whatever once it's like, yeah, sometimes it takes you a while just to get back on track, um, after traveling. So if that's, what's going on with me, that's what's going on with me, but I, just, I haven't felt in a position to be able to, to actually do the podcast with any level of energy or excitement. And I know I've done that before, but come on, this was, this is my first time overseas. I didn't want to give you guys a shitty podcast or, or burn through it. Cause I was tired and I wanted to go back to sleep. Right. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do this in a way that pays, uh, homage that, that, that properly covers the, uh, the trip that I went on. So, um, I'm going to tell you guys all about, uh, the last week. So like I said, this is, this is coming to you. I should have had a podcast. All right. No, actually, sorry. The, the podcast is late, uh, this time, but I'm actually going to be recording. It's uh, Monday. So I'm going to be recording this one. And then to make sure that the next episode is not late, I'm going to record next week's episode. Uh, or so, so yeah, the next week's episode for you guys, uh, immediately afterwards. So I'll have this one nice and ready two days in advance, put it down in the old, uh, podcast bank. So you hopefully from this point on, we will be back to me having this available for you on track on time. Not you guys waiting, you know, almost a week or two weeks behind. So I apologize for all the delays as of late. Um, not trying to make excuses. I've just been messed up. So there's still a podcast week. And if you're somebody who's just tuning in later on and working your way backwards, well, you, you never missed a thing, did you? So, um, let's just get right into it. All right. Uh, I talked all the way up, uh, up to about the Tuesday point of last week's episode, um, or, or of my trip to Scotland. I was there from, uh, Sunday to Sunday and was it Sunday or Monday to Sunday, whatever it was. Um, and here's the thing the the big, the whole point of this trip 
was I wanted to go visit my favorite Scotch distillery. Uh, and I should say distilleries because my second favorite is directly next door. Well, you know, a minute drive down the road, but in the grand scheme of the world, oh my God, it's right next door to my, to my first favorite. And, uh, and then another one, you know, that's very, very popular, uh, as well. And one that I've actually never tried, but I'm like, hell, I've heard nothing but good things. And if it's, if it's, you know, the company that it keeps, you know, being next to those other two big, big shots that I know I love, if it, uh, you know, with the climate and the, the, the water sources and all that being so close to each other, I'm like, ah, you know, they're going to be good buddies. You know, they're going to be good buddies. So, hmm, 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 hmm. I'm enjoying myself. A different little Isla treat. I'm sipping on a Brook Laddick, the classic Laddie, which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a malted barley and it's from Isla. They say it's an unpeated Isla single malt, but it does still taste smoky and a bit peaty. So anywho, I'm going to be sipping on that throughout the course of this episode. So here's the thing. Uh, I'm sure I mentioned in the last episode, but since it's been like two weeks since I've recorded an episode, I'm just going to go back to my old brain and see uh, if I can remember, you know, what I said and, and, and tell you guys what you need to know for this. So before we left, we did not, uh, do too much, you know, pre-planning on what day we're going to go. Everyone was telling me, you know what? It's the quiet season. You're not going to have trouble getting, you know, room on a tour. You're not going to have trouble getting over there. It's going to be fine. I don't think that a lot of people had necessarily factored in, uh, including ourselves, the fact that we were going with a vehicle. So getting a ticket on the ferry would have been no problem at all. Uh, getting a vehicle on that ferry was, was the big issue. So the only way that we were actually able to even get a trip to Isla uh, this, this go round was to be on the sixth, well, the 7am ferry, which you have to get there at 6.30am for. And, uh, we had to be there and that was at, uh, Kennecraig. Kennecraig, I believe is where the, uh, the ferry port was. And that, that ferry would of course take us, uh, down to, uh, Port Ellen on the island of Isla, west of Scotland. Of course, Scottish Island, but just off the, the, the west coast of Scotland. So, Basically, the earliest part of this podcast was Simon and I got home very late on Tuesday. Uh, or sorry, not very late, but but later than we intended to. I couldn't sleep. I I the big honest to God, guys, the big theme of this Scotland trip was I could not sleep. Couldn't get sleep. Couldn't get sleep. Tried. Couldn't sleep. And and we got home super late on a lot of times. So just 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 know that that as I tell you guys these stories of the days in Scotland, holy fuck, could I not sleep? Um. So. We, uh, we get up, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. I think I'd slept for an hour and a half and Simon and I, our intention was to leave Glasgow. So we had to be at our ferry at 6 30 AM. Our ferry was a two and a half hour drive, uh, from, from our hotel in Glasgow, according to Google maps. So it's like, okay, we'll leave two and a half hours early is like 4 AM. And I was like, you know what? We're driving on the opposite side of the road and I don't know if there's any construction or any issues or anything like that. So let's go at three. And if we get there early, we'll just sleep in the car or whatever it is until it's time to go. So I, uh, I think I got up at like two, had a, had a quick shower or whatever, got dressed. And then of course, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, this, this part of the trip, this one day in Isla was my whole motive for going to Scotland. All the other things were absolutely amazing and they're all super delicious uh side carts. 
to the trip, but but going to Isla to to visit Lefroig, Lagavulin, and Ardbeg was was just like yeah, cannot cannot wait, cannot wait. This is the best. These are the the whiskey. Lefroig is the whiskey that got me into whiskeys, and uh, and then of course I ran away from it for a while because it was intense. It was it was a big peat monster, and uh, but sure enough, you know, uh, all things came back to Lefroig, and now it's now oh. Baby, is it one of my favorites? Uh, <laughs> I don't have an open bottle at the moment. I drank my last uh, of my Lefroig 10. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, at the moment, I got a Brooklatic open, and that makes me nice and happy. Taste that barley, boys. So, um, yeah, I mean, nothing super interesting on, on the top of uh, the morning, you know. <laughs> Not to sound Irish or whatever, but just... We got like, I mean, exhausted. I got an hour and a half sleep. It's shower, get dressed. My whole plan is like, okay, I'm going to sleep while we're waiting for the ferry. I'm going to sleep on the ferry ride over. And I don't know. I've never been on a ferry before. All right. And, uh, and again, for anyone who's childish like me or just doesn't know what a ferry is, that's not me riding on the back of a gay guy. That's, uh, that is, <laughs> that's like, just like the rudest way to say some guy's going to drive us over in his boat. <laughs> we got we to meet this ferry. Uh, no, the ferry is of course a boat that, that travels over water, right? And you can park your vehicles on it. But not, and I'm, I'm thinking of these like giant ferries. I've seen the movies that have like, you know, the one in Spider-Man or whatever, right? The, the, where there's like, you know, I don't know how many fucking cars run it, but all I'm saying is I figured I've seen these boats before where it's like cars upon cars. And I'm like. Well, fuck, I can, I've seen ones that have like, look like they've got like 50 cars on them or, or up to a hundred cars on them. And I'm thinking like, okay, well this thing, you know, I, another reason why we thought, okay, uh, we'll be able to get a ferry anytime we want. It's like, it's like the dead season, you know, it's Monday to Friday. Like what, how many people are fucking going back and forth between this Island? Do you know what I mean? So all I remember is, uh, um, fuck, what was it? <sighs> I'm thinking, all right, whatever. I apologize. I'm thinking I'm going to get a chance to sleep on the boat. And I'm not thinking much of it. Simon was telling me he's been on ferries before. And he's like, yeah, they've got like canteens and things like that on them. And I'm honestly thinking like there's a canteen on it and it's going to be, he's like, you know, it's got like gas station type stuff. So I'm thinking like one of these little tiny gas station booth type things on this boat, you know, and then an inside section where I don't know, like maybe like a bus station where you sit down inside and you're just out of the elements, but you know, and I'm thinking you could sit in your car or whatever it is, you know, you drive up into this thing as you know, and you're, you're stuck on it and that's it. Well, that's what I expected. So I'm thinking I'm going to sit in the car and sleep on this ferry, whatever it is. So we drive and I got to say like, now we left at like, this is like two 30 in the morning. I think we got like a little bit of an extra head start on it. So I'm like, you know what? Luckily it's the middle of the night on a, on a Tuesday or very early morning Wednesday. So we're driving. Now this is my first time doing an actual long drive in the rental car on the opposite side of the road. I was made, I made sure that I was a good Canadian ambassador. I did not walk into that country and act like an American and say, Hey, you guys are driving on the wrong side of the road. It's not the wrong side of the road. That's the right side of the road there. They are driving the correct way, you know? And I'm pretty sure they were doing it longer. So either way, all I can say is I, I made sure that I always said I'm driving on the opposite side of the road, the opposite side of the road. Um, so we, 
I was nervous. I was nervous because again, the first time I drove, it was only like a five minute drive from the hotel or from the airport to the hotel. But I was also super exhausted, been up for like 26 hours, 27 hours straight and, and just beat to death by the time, you know, I got behind the wheel. So I was just like, all right, that, that was freaky and stressful and, and not looking forward to it. So I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys in the, on the last podcast, but in the UK, uh, they don't have a yellow line that tells you which lanes are going, which direction. Um, they don't have that there. So you'd have like three lanes and not be sure if that middle lane is something you can drive in or not. They just don't have that. Um, they have like the dash lines and the solid line, but there's nothing that differentiates one direction from the other. And you can park any direction you want on the side of the road. So I'll post a picture on my Instagram, uh, the Josh Williams comedy one that, that has like the, the park nose to nose, butt to butt, nose to nose, like all over the place. So you don't even have like little visual cues, say cues or clues that help you here. Like there that, that you would have here. Like if you're driving on the, you know, the opposite side of the road here, well, you would just look and see what direction all the cars on the side of the road are parked. You go, oh, they're all pointed this direction. Okay. This lane, this side of the street is that way. This side of the street is that way. They don't have that there because everything's parked all willy nilly makes no fucking sense. Um, they have no yellow lines. So you also can't tell like, oh, which side of the road should I be on? It's honestly, it's like 70, 30 roundabouts to intersections. I, I feel like I said all this, but I mean, I've told so many people since I've been back who've asked that it's hard to tell that I tell you guys or that I tell other people. But um, yeah, it's really, it's really fucked up in that regard because you're like, okay, well, there's like no visual cues that are telling me like what side of the road I should be on. Like I, I it's not as simple as just, hey, just drive on the left-hand side. You know, because everything's roundabouts and, and, and things like that. So everything just looks like an exit and which one's this way, which one's that way. It's uh, really not as, as easy as you might think. It's the, the, the uh, adjustment is larger than you would think. Either way, we're leaving early morning. I'm less concerned because I know that I'm not going to be fighting with regular traffic doing all this stuff. So we drove in the city for a little bit and almost immediately hit construction that there was a detour for that neither Google maps nor, um, uh, the, the, what is it? Garmin GPS knew. So both of those things had no idea, uh, what the detour was. Luckily there was a, like a tractor trailer in front of us and it was going the detour. So we just followed it and then ended up back on the, the highway that we needed. But as soon as we got outside of the, excuse me, the highway, the lanes narrowed to like the size of the vehicle and they were small. We were driving down these tiny little town roads. Um, there was no guardrails on the side of these and there's other trucks and bu like, holy fuck, the amount of like buses that passed us uh, like out in the country in these like little towns and stuff. Like, I mean, and I mean like little town, like you'd seen an old movie where it's like fucking five buildings and then back to a, to a road, little, little bridge over the water and then back to the road outside of town. Like it was tiny, 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 but the roads were so narrow. So every time something would be flying at us the other way, I'd like pull, you know, edge away from the road a little bit, but there was like, there was like uh big curbs and where there wasn't a curb, like we're not talking like shoulders, like in Canada, when you're driving, like there's like a, almost a vehicle sized, you know, vehicle width shoulder 
with gravel and shit like that. So like if you're trying to drive off the road, you could move your car entirely off the road and be in nobody's way. And there's guardrails. If you're, if there's any danger of you, you know, driving off into a river or the ocean or something, there's a guardrail that will stop that from happening. Not the case here. So every time I was like, oh, I got to, this bus is flying at us the opposite direction. It like most of them were out, like looked like they were six inches to a foot into our lane. I'd go to like move over a little bit. And it's almost like, well, you don't have any room to move over because, you know, the road ends, there's a foot of grass and then a drop off right into the ocean. So it was like, it was, it was scary. It was scary. Like not horrifying, but I'm like, but you're like, you're watching all the time. And I'm like, I can only imagine how like crazy this would be busy during the day and trying not to die. So I just remember thinking it was like, like super, super narrow. Simon was watching it too. Um, as we got closer to, uh, Kenna Craig to catch the ferry, uh, there were these roads that were like a single road, like a single lane, uh, with all these like little, I guess, you know, pull off spots. Like they looked like they were just like little lumps on the side of the road. The whole idea is that this is a road that like both directions drive in, but whoever sees the other guy first, you pull into one of these little side things, let them pass and then drive back onto the road. And I'm like, that's a great way to save, you know, concrete and, you know, plowing a road or whatever it is. But, uh, but there was a few of those, um, sort of in the more obscure remote areas, I should say. But we also, once we got near the, the ferry tended to actually, and then on these like little dirt roads, you know, two way single lane roads, we saw a lot of deer, like Simon caught a few deer that I didn't see. And then I caught a few that he didn't see, but we're talking. And I mean, like we saw some bucks, man. Like rather than just the kind of like the little, little mama and baby deers that you see often. And, and fuck, maybe other people in other parts of the country listening to this are like, yeah, I see bucks all the time. Well, I don't, I only seem to see the does and the baby deer, but I'm talking like we saw these bastards bigger, bigger than other deer with giant fucking racks on their head. Hey, eh? the big horns or ant horns, antlers. It was so cool. It was so cool just to see them hanging out. And apparently on the Isle of Jura, which is just slightly Northeast of, of Isla, uh, that Island is like, there's more deer population on there than human beings, uh, which I just thought was cool. Just a little interesting fact they, that everybody wanted me to know when I mentioned Jura. Mm. <laughs> All right. I don't want this to take forever because there's lots of stuff to talk about. Fucking 17 minutes in already. Jesus Christ. And I've described waking up early and driving in the, in the UK. Wow. All right. So get to the ferry. Uh, this boat is way bigger than I thought. And, um, but it's like, I guess the, the cars are all parked in its belly. Like I thought it would be kind of like on this platform behind the boat. For some reason, this thing's like five, six, seven stories tall. Um, and I'm like, Jesus, this thing's huge. So we get there. I think we waited about 45 minutes before they started loading the, the, the fair. We were the first people to get there. And it's just kind of like, when you get there, you just line up. There's like these lanes, like you're getting ready to, to, to pay a toll and cross over the Brooklyn bridge. So just lanes you sit in and then the guys come and check our tickets and you drive onto the boat when they tell you, but you're like packing everything in the belly of the boat. And then they make you get out of your vehicle and then, you know, walk up to, I guess the seating area. And when you go inside, it was actually really nice. Like there's all these different seats. There's like road seatings, like an airplane where you can just sit beside the window and look out into the ocean. Now keep in mind, this is six 30 in the morning that we're getting on this thing. So it's dark. We can't see anything yet no water or whatever. You can basically make out outlines of hills against the slightly darker or sorry, slightly lighter, dark blue sky. Um, but there's really not much to see. So we get on the boat. There's like, there's like these, these 
sort of couch areas. It's honestly like two floors of like hotel lobby. And then like the windows all have like seats so you can sit and look out, but like sideways, like an airplane, big windows, but just, it's just, it's sort of odd. It's, it's nice, but it's odd. And then there was, um, a little, like, like I expected only inside. So it was kind of like a little convenience store that had some food gum and then, then obviously whiskey for sale there. And then there was like a relatively large sort of cafeteria, you know, buffet sort of breakfast that you could buy. And so Simon and I bought that. It was, it was delicious. Fuck. It was breakfast and I'd been driving. So I was happy to be alive after those, those things. But again, I'm like, I'm trying to, I tried to sleep in the car. Couldn't happen because every 10 minutes, something big would happen. A noise would happen or someone would knock in the window asking for a ticket or whatever. So I just, I just couldn't fall asleep in the car. So keep in mind at this point, it's about six 30 in the morning. I'm operating still at a full day the day before, and I'm operating off of one hour of sleep. So have my breakfast. And then I wander this, this two, the two floors of the passenger portion of the ferry looking for something. There's like, there's couches kind of all over the place, but by the time we were done eating, every couch had someone sprawled across it sleeping. And I was like, fuck. Okay. So again, it was like a hotel or a, you know, a train station or whatever. You have a big bus station, just people sleeping on the place. I'm like, whatever. So I, I, go and I asked the guy who's running the convenience store thing. I go, yeah, can I go downstairs and sleep in my car? And they're like, no, you can't, you can't get down to the cargo hold or the car hold at any point. You know, it's like, he's like, yeah, he's no way to go. He goes, he goes, just find a couch and go to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, there's people on the couches everywhere. I go, I, I looked for that. It just looks like everything's saying, well, there's a place up on the, up on the deck above. It's a door that says quiet lounge. He's like, you just go in there. And now there's a couple of couches. I'm sure you can sleep in there. I'm like, well, fuck. The people who got on this thing and went right for the couches and went to sleep are the pros. My guess would be that they would take the quiet lounge, you know, over, you know, sleeping in public, you know, but I'm like, but fuck it. Hey, I follow directions. I went upstairs, found the quiet lounge. And sure enough, it was a room with a door and two couches in there. And, you know, and then again, a few rows of chairs looking out the windows. And I'm like, holy fuck. I go, this is, it's like a private room with a cat. I can sleep in here. And not have to worry about, you know, people trying to rob me or whatever, maybe taking my shit while I'm not paying attention. So I, I tried to go to sleep. But then again, it was difficult. It was very, very difficult. Um, but I was able, I would say I probably got like a good 45 minutes. It was a two hour ferry ride. So I'm like, I probably got a good hour, hour of sleep. So again, a full day of whiskey tasting and driving on Isla off a of two hour sleep. Hey, two is better than one. And I just, and I apologize onesies. I was so fucking tired. I just remember thinking like, as, as I, as I was waking up and they were telling us we're arriving at Port Allen, cause it's just like a plane They're They're making announcements and things like that. I remember, you know, opening my eyes and I could see the Island of Isla, like the first, first little portion there. I was like, Oh fuck, look at that. You see the, the rocks coming up in the Island and you can see a few, you know, houses here and there. Very, very, you know, sporadic. And then all of a sudden, um, we're getting the announcement that we're pulling in and head down to your cars. And I just look out the window and it's just this beautiful, again, I, I didn't have my phone ready. My, my phone was in my jacket. I tried to roll all my shit up and keep it close. So, you know, for theft and whatnot. And, uh, and it was just this beautiful scene. Cause Port Ellen's got all these, these houses that are very uniform in size and they're all painted white. So it's just all of this, like this, you know, nothing Island. And then, and then a town you're just pulling up to in the ferry you know, so I got to look at that for a couple seconds before they're like, all right, go down to your cars and get in this. And my car is parked right at the front. So I'd be one of the first ones off. So it was kind of like, I got to get down there. I'd, otherwise I'm, I'm blocking traffic. So, um, it was really, really cool to, to just see it like pulling up on the ferry. And then when they drop the the gate, just driving right out into this town, uh, Port Ellen. 
And I would say it was probably like night 20 after nine, nine 30 at this point. And, uh, you know, Simon and I in the car and, uh, I don't know what the fuck he did on the trip there. Uh, truthfully, I think Simon said he was talking to one of the, the staff on the boat or whatever. Um, but we had breakfast together and then I was like, I got to find somewhere to sleep. And, uh, that was my investment in what Simon was doing at that point. But, uh, <coughs> beg your pardon. So yeah, we drove, uh, immediately, like as soon as you get off the ferry, like the first sort of little, like, you know, intersection choice you have, it's like a sign that says like Ardbeg and a sign that said, I think Brook Laddick. And, uh, and because I know where they are on the island, I'm like, Ardbeg is where we're headed. That's the, uh, that's the direction. So followed that road and, and no word of a lie. You're like two, three minutes up the road. And our first stop was Lafroig. And, uh, oh, oh man, was I ever excited. You see it. You see the little, the little sign on the side of the road. I can see it right now in my head. Just a little sign of Freud. Yeah. Yeah. Hang a right drive down. And of course all the trees were covered in like moss and shit like that. Cause it was like, it was a very wet day and, uh, I don't think it was raining at the moment we landed, but by the time we parked our, our car in the visitor section of the Lafroig distillery, the rain was coming down. So, um, the distillery was supposed to open at 10 and we stayed in the car until like five, two. And then, uh, and then got out and walked down to the visitor center of Lafroig. I do have pictures that I'll be posting of the inside of the Lafroig uh, visitor center, and then tons of pictures throughout the course of the, uh, of the dist- distillery tour. So, um, when we first got there, it was so cool to look in and just see like, to see the actual like friends of Lafroig lounge, um, and, and whatnot where, you know, things I've seen in, in YouTube videos and stuff like that. And, and then YouTube videos they have online, the, the friends of Lafroig lounge looks different now it's been renovated and it's, uh, it's so cool. Cause like, I would say to you guys, Hey, take a look at the Lafroig video on online and, uh, you'll see the, uh, the, I believe it's the master distillery sitting in there and he's telling you, oh, this is the friends of Lafroig lounge and whatever. And you can see the same couches that are there, the same windows, but the back is all a bar now with all sorts of, you know, fancy Lafroigs and things like that. Um, so super, super cool to have actually seen it with my own eyes. Oh my God. It was gorgeous. Take me back. Take me back. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was super cool to go in and they have the little gift shop in the front and whatnot. So we went in and we said, Hey, uh, while we were waiting outside, we looked online and it said that you guys don't have any, like any availabilities for tours, like at all this week, let alone today. I go, there wouldn't, you know, wouldn't happen to be room for, you know, two, two Canadians to just kind of come in. I go, would that be? And they looked, she's like, she's like, let me see what I can do for you. Oh, love the accent. And, uh, yeah. And, and sure enough, she got us on the, the first tour at, uh, at 10 AM and, uh, it was kind of cool. Our, our, um, tour guide, Craig, uh, he came in, he was like, guys, we're, uh, what a little behind. He looked like Dudley from the Harry Potter movies. I think his name is Dudley, but, um, he was, he was great. He was like, I'm so sorry, guys. We're going to be a few minutes late starting the tour, but, uh, if you like, come on in here, the, the thing, and we'll give you all a wee little drama while you're waiting. And he poured us uh, a delicious Lefroig triple wood, um, which I have a bottle of here at home, which is a hundred dollar bottle of Lefroig. So I told him, I'm like, you know what? You go ahead and you take your time. You take as long as you need, as long as you keep our glasses full while we wait. Um, oh, so good. So good. I got to try the triple wood. Oh boy. Was that ever good? So good. Um, and then, uh, sorry guys, just reminiscing already. What a great time. We were trying to take pictures of the Lafroig, uh, one of the warehouses that has the big, Lef- the word Lafroig painted all along the side of it. But because of the, the rain on the window, it couldn't get a clear shot. And the, the, the camera kept trying to focus on the window and the raindrops, not the Lafroig wall outside behind it. Um, 
but yeah, so then the, the tour started and they took us through, I'll, I'll save you the, the, I'll spare you if you don't care about whiskey, but I will say that they took us up to the malting floors where all the wet barley uh, is laid out and to dry and to germinate, not to dry. I apologize to germinate. Then they showed us the smoking rooms where they dry the, the barley showed us all the, the grist grist and let us taste the grist. Um, which was delicious. Let us try the, uh, the beer and the low wine. They showed us all of the, the peat kiln where they smoke the, the, you know, they showed us where the barley is smoked. And then they showed us where the peat is in the smoker that smokes the room. So the two different floors, um, gorgeous, fucking amazing smell. And, and everything was so good to smell all the fresh peat. And then there was, uh, what did we do after that? He took us down into the, the, to see the stills and we got to taste the low wine and the, the spirits, you know, as they came off of the stills, um, we were able to, uh, what else? Uh, they took us into the warehouse to, to see the, the, the barrels. And, um, and of course I made friends with, with, with Craig. Craig was a great dude. He gave me his email address and wants me to, to let him know what I think of the Lafroigs when I opened it. So he gave me his email address to let him know what I thought of it. Uh, cause he gave me the Lafroig triple wood. But, uh, but here's the thing, uh, by the end of the tour, like they give you, I think it was like, it's like 10 pounds for the tour, which is very reasonable. Um, and at the end of the tour, they get like, they give you these three clips and you use them to sample the Lefroigs, um, at the end. Right. And like some of the more expensive ones are two clips and then some of them are just one. Well, I sampled the, he gave me, this was kind of cool because they 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 were very big on like, Hey, if you're a designated driver, we reward you for not drinking. We can put it into a container for you, like a little, little dram bottle and you can try it later. And the thing was, if they poured it into your glass, you like there, they gave you like one ounce, but if they poured it into your bottle, they gave you two. And I was like, well, fuck, give me everything to go. I am the DD, but fuck, I know a deal when I see one, especially if you're going to pour me that the Lefroy lore that I got. That's a $200 bottle in Canada, 189, uh, which I have a bottle of here at home. I bought it a while back. Well, now, now I've tasted it and I'll tell you, I was drinking that. So when I was recording the two other late episodes in my hotel room in Scotland, moments that I haven't even discussed yet in this podcast, keep, keep a track of this timelines, like fucking doing inception or something, uh, end game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what I did was, um, I got the Lefroig lore and I think the other one that I got was the Lefroig four, uh, four Oak is what it's called. It's one of the travel series. So there was three travel series that I saw in, uh, in Isla, um, just for anyone who's traveling. Uh, there was the Lefroig, uh, what was it called? Forward was one of them. Then they had, uh, Lefroig. PX cask. And if anyone's ever curious, what does the PX, PX mean? Cause you will see that on whiskeys that stands for Pedro Jimenez. And that's uh, a type of sherry. So Pedro Jimenez sherry. So a PX cask is Pedro Jimenez sherry cask. And then, um, and then they had one called Iris, which is also a black, black container like the Lefroig lore. So most Lefroigs come in a white cylinder. This is a black one called Iris. Iris was the only one I didn't get to try. And I probably should have asked because Craig was amazing to me. Um, but, uh, where are we, where are we going from here? Um, do, 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 do. Hey, sorry guys. I'm just trying to look at all these friggin' notes here. Um, 
So Craig let me try. I took the Lefroig lore with me. I took the four wood, uh, four oak with me. Um, he poured me, uh, he poured Simon cause Simon took his samples there. He poured Simon a, uh, Lefroig 10. So just like that. And that's like apparently the number one selling scotch that comes from Isla of the seven or eight distilleries that are on Isla. Cause I know there's seven and there's a new one that everyone kept telling me about, but I, uh, we didn't have time to go. Um, so Simon got a Lefroig, uh, 10 cask strength, which I would love to get. It's not available. Um, I don't think they had any left there at the distillery, but they also, that one is available in the States. So, um, keep in mind, I'm, I'm on this, I'm going to my favorite distilleries guys with the thoughts in my head that I get to bring two bottles home. So I, what did I do? I, uh, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, Hey, I can't buy it. Can't buy a bottle yet. I know I want a Lefroig, but I can't buy a bottle yet. And I, even Craig was joking. He's like, cause you can bring two bottles. And I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, I gotta, I'm visiting you guys like a and an Ardbeg. I can't just buy one now. I gotta, I gotta look at all three. I gotta see what my options are. And he's like, well, that's okay. You can buy, you can come back later and buy them both from here. <laughs> I was like, <coughs> I never know that might end up being the case. So, um, looking at everything that they had there, um, I sampled, I believe he gave me a 10 or something. Anyways, all I know is that I, I sampled the, oh, that's right. I was telling him that I have the triple wood and I have the triple wood Cargius at home. Cargius, of course, Gaelic for friendship. So, when Lefroig puts out a Cargius, they put out, uh, it's basically like a cask strength. So I had the triple wood, which had been proofed down, water added to it, however you want to understand it. Um, and then the triple wood, so I have a triple wood and I have triple wood Cargius here. And that basically means the difference. Cause I was wondering, well, what's one versus the other. And Cargius is usually their annual release for their festival, but it's also cask strength. So it's much higher percentage than the other one. So he was telling me, oh, you got to try the, the, the triple wood Cargius. Uh, he's like, we got a bottle in the, the friends of the Freud. I'll let you try it. So he let me sample. I got to try the triple wood. I got to try the triple wood Cargius. Uh, and I got to try, um, one that is, uh, like Prince Charles favorite. It's the Cargius 15 year old. And that one is a distillery exclusive. So what that means is even if I drove down the road to a liquor store, I don't even know if they had them in Port Ellen. But if I was to to go to a liquor store anywhere in Scotland, I wouldn't be able to buy it. So even though it's right there in Scotland, uh, the Lefroig 15-year Cargis is not available in stores. And it's only only available in that building at the distillery. So I'm like, okay, that's if I'm going to buy a Lefroig, that's got to be the one. Because even though I can't get the Lefroig 10-year cask strength, I can get the regular 10-year. Again, highest selling Isla whiskey in the world is the Lefroig 10. Um I was like, okay, well, I can get the 10 in America, right? So if I want to drive a couple hours down to the States and find myself a bottle of the Lefroy 10 cask strength, I can do that. However, the 15 year old only available in this building across the world for me, that's that if I'm coming back here to buy one of those, that's got to be the bad boy right there. So boom, little check mark in my head, 15 year old Lefroy. Okay. Bang. At this point, I believe it's, let me see here. We started at like 10, did the tour, looked at all sorts of cool shit. And then I want to see kind of where the last pictures and time were. So we left Lefroig, I think, uh, yeah, 1208. So it had been about 1230. And the Dillery's, Dillery's, distilleries were only open until like four. So even though they're open at 10, they're only open for like six hours. So I'm like, okay, well, we've been, we've been two and a half hours here and we still got to go to Lagavulin, Ardbeg, and then come back if we're buying something anywhere else. So. 
Um, the, the distilleries were like, the tours were great. Like I said, they showed us everything. They showed us like the beer and the stills and the, 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 the mash tanks and all that stuff. But, um, I remember when we got to Lagavulin, which was like a minute down the road. I, it's funny. I took no pictures inside Lagavulin. Like we didn't do the tour. So the second we walked in, I'm like, I got to go inside Lagavulin. As soon as I walked in the door, they're like, Hey, would you like to try the Lagavulin uh, special edition? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, of course. So, uh, couldn't get the 19 year old, uh, Lagavulin, which broke my heart. Wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. 19 is my lucky number. So I'm like, you don't have that. You don't have the 19. Can I just, they're like, well, we you can try it. I'm like, well, where are you getting that from? They're like, well, we got some bottles here for something. I'm like, I can't buy it anywhere, but you're going to let your guys, so you're going to make people fall in love with something they can't get. I, I pulled out every trick in the book to have them sell me one of those bottles of 19, by the way, which is a, which was a distillery exclusive, but you just can't get it anymore. So I, I drank it. I said, thank you. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, Simon tried a Colila, uh, can't even remember the name. I think it was an 18 year old Colila. Holy smoke fest. And it was, del- it was fucking delicious. Absolutely fucking delicious. The Colila, um, that he got, which is funny because in the last episode, I talked about how he fell in love with a, a special bottling of Colila at the good spirit company that he really, really enjoyed. So, um, he's, there's, there's really nice, like, like sitting rooms and everything like that at like And again, I, I wish I'd taken pictures. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I'm, uh, this is nice. I tried, uh, yeah, I tried a few Lagavulins. I tried the Colila with Simon and, uh, then they let me try their, their distillery exclusive. So they have ones that they get like a jazz fest or whatever it is, but they have like a special distillery exclusive Lagavulin. Give me a sec here. I'll, I'll read you or, or well, I guess I'm going to let you know that I bought it as <laughs> I was like, oh, let me read you the label. Oh, wait, I'm trying to, so I'm trying to pretend I don't know which one I'm going to buy yet. So Anyways, it, it was, they let me try that. It was good. So we're, we're sipping whiskeys. Oh my God. Amazing. Directly across the street from the Lagavulin distillery, like tiny little road. Right. And then driving between these distilleries, I totally forgot to tell you guys that, that it's like the, it's like the tiny little Scottish roads you see in the movies where it's a tiny little road, little stone wall right beside the road. And then on the other side, it's fields with sheep and shit in them, you know, not contained like they're here, just, just wide open fields and just sheep roaming around. Right. So it was just, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Exactly what you would expect from the movies and everything like that. It was so quaint. I cannot tell you how fucking quaint it was. Loved it. Loved the Island of Isla. So anyways, went inside, we sampled our Lagavulins, um, you know, and, and Simon was like, I'm buying, I'm buying this. I love it. I'm buying it. Give me a bottle. I'm buying it. So that was cool. Simon like fell in love with it. And I got to be honest, it was a really nice fucking whiskey, really nice whiskey. So at this point, I think we'd stayed there for about an hour. I was begging for them to sell me a bottle of the 19, um, but looked around at the stuff they had, tried the different whiskeys. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Like I said, uh, Laphroaig is my favorite. Lagavulin is my second favorite. I had, um, prior to leaving, I had a bottle of Lagavulin 8, Lagavulin 12, Lagavulin 16 here at home. Um, and I had a bottle of the, uh, you know, Lagavulin Offerman edition, um, waiting for me at the LCBO at home, which is funny because there, the Offerman edition, you can only get at the distillery. Apparently they don't really outsource it to parts of Scotland, but they outsource it to other parts of the world. Luckily, Canada is one of them. So if I didn't live in Canada, that Offerman edition may have been like a distillery exclusive for me. But, uh, but luckily I saw it here. There was a few of them in the, the LCBO in Ottawa and I grabbed one and put it aside. So, well, grabbed one and, and had my minions put it aside for me. So now I've got five Lagavulins and, uh, 
yeah. So I, I, I bookmarked it, right? Cause again, at this point I've got two bottles I can bring home and I've already seen two that I can only get at distilleries, one at the Lafroy distillery and another one at the Lagavulin distillery. So, um, we were asking the people there and I think at like, this is now at like two o'clock or so two o'clock. And I go, can we, can, where do you guys think we should eat? And everyone's like, oh, Ardbeg. Everyone's like, you got to eat at Ardbeg. Then it just turns out that Ardbeg was the only distillery that had like food available. So no shit. You got to eat at Ardbeg. It's the only place that has food. So we went to uh, holy fuck, 38 minutes. We went down to Ardbeg. Um, again, beautiful. Like I took pictures of the outside of Lafroy. I put, took pictures of the outside of Lagavulin. I took pictures of the outside of Ardbeg. What's really cool too, is if you go to Google maps and you go to like, you go down this road, we went to the road, won't let you turn down towards the distilleries, which kind of sucks. Lagavulin's right on the road. So you can see it clear as a bell. Um, but you can't turn down the, uh, the road to Lafroig. So all you can see is like the entrance and the, the trees. You can't, you, if you look and zoom in, you can see the parking, like for, for the friends, but you just don't see any of the other stuff. Um, in terms of, uh, Lagavulin, it's right on the road. So you can't miss it if you're going to Google maps. But then when you go to, to Ardbeg, you'll see the entrance to Ardbeg, but it's different now. The, the, the entrance to Ardbeg that I post is the new one. You'll still see the tiny little red phone booth across the street, but the, all of what you see from the, the Ardbeg distillery is, is different now. And, um, it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I'll post the stuff from Ardbeg. So we went in and, uh, and immediately we're like, okay, you know, do we guys have tours? And they're like, yeah, we have one at three o'clock. I'm like, perfect. Simon and I wanted to eat the other distillers. When you go in, they would kind of let you sample shit. These guys are like, we don't do any, any samplings here, but you can buy a flight with your meal and it's like 12 pounds and you need to try five different, um, Ardbegs. And I was like, that's, that's fine. I'll do that. Simon, and I wanted to eat anyway. So, um, we got our lunch. Uh, I looked at the prices of the yard bags, amazing prices, uh, especially in comparison to Canada, but there wasn't lucky for me. There wasn't a single yard bag there that at the time I hadn't seen on, on the LCBO site or on the SAQ site. So I'm like, okay, these are all yard bags. I even asked them, do you guys have any distillery exclusives? And they said, no. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Decisions made. I'm going to buy the one from Lafroy, the one from Lagavulin. There's my two bottles, easy peasy right off into the sunset. So I went to buy, um, after we ate, I bought our tickets. Uh, do I still fucking have, I must have that somewhere. There's a, there's a great little ticket that I got, uh, which was beautiful. And it was like, it was like, it saves you five pounds off a bottle in the shop or whatever, but it's, it was this black ticket with gold highlights. Like, I got to tell you, Ardbeg in terms of their logoing, their designs, their flair, their panache, you know, they, they did it right. That was a sexy distillery. You know what I mean? Like their shit looks good. Again, I'm going to post the pictures of the stuff that I saw, but, uh, that golden tickets around here somewhere. I don't know where the fuck I put it, but it was, it was like flattened in my Jack. Like I put it in my coat pocket and obviously rolling it up and shit. At the end of the day, I forgot it was in there. So couldn't protect it as well as I'd like to, but I could still post it somewhere for you guys to see. It was, it was cool. It was a really, really cool Ardbeg golden ticket. Um, it's gotta be, I think I put it in one of my books or something like that to keep it flat. I think it might be in my whiskey tasting guide, whatever. I'll find it. But, uh, so we ate and then I'm like, all right, Simon, I got 25 minutes. I'm driving. Like, that's how close the distilleries were. I basically had time to get in the car, drive back to Lagavulin, buy my bottle of the Lagavulin, the specific. And then I went, drove back to Lafroy and I bought my, my 15 year old Cargius. Um, which by the way, in case you're wondering how much they cost, uh, 81 pounds for the Lafroy 15 year old Cargius, which is, uh, well, let's find out. Hey Siri, 
what's a hundred pounds uh, for fuck's sakes? She's going to get it wrong. Don't, 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 don't say anything. Don't say anything, Siri. Nope. No, no, just a moment. Hey, Siri, how much is 81 pounds in Canadian dollars? The answer is $137.92. All right. So that's what I paid for the Lafroig 15 year old. Hey, Siri, what's a hundred pounds in Canadian dollars? $170.29. Baby. So there you go. I blew $300 on two bottles of scotch. You know what? And I'd fucking do it again. God damn it. Um, it'll be a while before I open them. I'll tell you that I'll go through my other ones, but I now have six bottles of Laphroaig, six different bottles of Laphroaig at home and five different bottles of Lagavulin still have yet to purchase my very first bottle of Ardbeg. But I will tell you this, anybody who, uh, <laughs> any onesie who's not upset with me being fucking late with the podcast, the free podcast, I might add, um, anyone who's looking to send a little something my way, you know, Hey, a bottle of Ardbeg would be pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> Add it to the collection. I also bought uh, from each of the distilleries. So when you do the tours and the tastings, they give you these tiny little tasting glasses. They're still shaped like Glencairns, but they're small with the logos on them. But at each distillery, I also bought the proper full-sized Glencairn glass with the logo on it. So I got one from Lafroig, from uh, Lagavulin and Ardbeg. Ardbeg's is cool because it actually has the stem, uh, like the long sort of wine glass style stem with a glass uh, stopper on top of the, uh, on top of the Glencairn. So just nice, but I, uh, I definitely loved going to those three different distilleries. So by the time everything was all said and done, it was like four 30 or close to five. Simon and I drove back into Port Ellen. I will say this. Oh my God. I almost skipped over this. So this was a heartbreaking story. When I, when I got to, um, Heathrow, we saw a bottle of Ardbeg and there was like a big sticker on the N O A N O A as the type of Ardbeg, but it's called the N O and it had a sticker of a little Jack Russell on it. And I just remember thinking like, Oh, isn't that cute? Like, I don't know. I'm like, I didn't know the Anno had like a dog connotation or something to it, but we saw this little Jack Russell on it. When I was at the Ardbeg distillery, um, they had a, a white bone shaped tin with this little Jack on it. And I noticed that there was like little Jack Russell carvings, uh, like little sculptures, or whatever around the distillery. So I saw this little dude and I just was asking him like, what's the deal with, what's the deal with, uh, this Jack? Like, why are you guys big fans? Of Jack Russell's is the owner's dog or whatever. And they were like, no, he was a little dog that lived up the street at a farm and, the uh, the farmer would let him out and he'd run down the road and, and hang out at the distillery all day. So like, I don't know if it was all the people, whatever, but they were like, they were like, he was like our, our little unofficial mascot or whatever. And I was like, okay, was, and they're like, yeah, unfortunately, like apparently one day on his way down to the thing, he got hit by a car. And I believe that was the story they told me he got hit by a car or whatever and, uh, and died. So yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, right. For like, no doubt from like some tourist, like myself or whatever, couldn't figure out the fucking roads. So they got this little guy commemorated on all sorts of different things, uh, Ardbeg. So when I, when I just, as a little side note, when I got back home, I was looking at a, an Ardbeg 10 and I popped open the top just to look at the bottle, see the color and everything. And when I opened the lid, there was a little, little picture of his head. It just said shorty, the peatiest nose on, uh, on Isla. Um, you know, it says, um, except Ardbeg, of course, I think is what it said. So you would never know. You just open it up in the PDS little nose. You're like, no connotation. Well, he's on their shit because he was like their little buddy. So it wasn't their dog, but he was kind of like the little mascot of Ardbeg. He would hang out at the distillery with, uh, with the crew and the tourists and all that stuff. So they got lots of, lots of love for that little guy. So sorry to have a little heartbreaking tale. <clears throat> 
if you have a soul, of course, but, uh, but yeah, little shorty, uh, he was, uh, he was a good dog. He, he was, a, he was a good dog and he liked, uh, he liked his odd bag, that little scotch dog. So, um, yeah, sad little tale, but if you ever see, if you happen to be in an LCBO or something, you see a sticker with a little, little Jack Russell on it. Well, there's, there's the story. There's the, there's why, why there's a dog on it. Um, but anyways, so that was, uh, that was a thing at Ardbeg. Uh, what else? You know, but at this point of the day, I was so tired guys. Like we're going through the tour. We did the, we didn't do the tour at Lagavulin, but we did the tour at Ardbeg at this point. So tired. Like the day is caught up with me beyond repair. They're like the, the tour that we're on is, is, is me and Simon and these two ladies who had been on the tour with us at Lafroig. uh, two cuties, by the way, I will say, but they worked for like a marketing company in London and, uh, they're both Scottish or whatever. Sorry. One of them was Scottish. One of them was, was from France. Um, one had lived, I think in Montreal for a little while too. So she was just kind of like very familiar with Canada, but it was just like, yeah, they both worked for a marketing company in London. All of us were tired. So it was just like exhausting. And that little tour guide we had, she was great, you know, and then we went back and we tasted the art bag in the end or whatever, but it was just so like, I'm exhausted two hours sleep and that, but this point I've had a bunch of different whiskeys too. So I wasn't drunk. I was just tired. So we drove back down to Port Ellen because someone had recommended that if I wanted to try some nice UK fish and chips, they're like, you got to try them when you're on Isla because you're right at the ocean. Whatever you're eating was probably caught right out of the water that day, blah, blah, blah. So I, uh, what did I do? Uh, we did that. We went back, uh, had a place, I think it was called uh, Sea Salt or something like that. Yeah. Sea Salt or whatever. Uh salt water or something like that in, in Port Ellen and that we had fish and chips and it was fine. It wasn't bad. It was just fine. It was small. That's the thing too. I remember when we were at old salties, uh, in Glasgow, the woman at a table next to us ordered fish and chips and the piece of breaded fish and chips that she got, uh, or battered, I should say, cause breaded actually is different there, but battered fish and chips she got was huge. And I was looking for someplace cause I was doing the macaroni pie there. I was looking for someplace that was going to give me, um, something like that. I'm like, that's what I want. I want the, 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 the fish and chips. Like I want a big piece of battered fish chips there. They did a lot of breading. So like, you know, like those shitty fish sticks you get or, or like, or like, you know, uh, frozen grocery store chicken nuggets. They got like this bread crumbs on them kind of breading. Well, that's, that's what they, they breaded a lot of fish and chips. I had, I had fish and chips later in the week. And I'll tell you about that, but that's what they had. It was bread, breaded, you know, cr- bread crumbs. And I didn't want that. I want battered, a nice piece of battered fish. So anywho, Simon, and I had that the meal was fine at this place. And then our, our goal was we have to be at, uh, port Askeg, which is the North part of the Island. Um, to, to take our ferry home. Cause the only ferry we could get was early that morning and back the same night and back the same night means on the ferry, I think it was eight o'clock. We had to be there for like seven 30. So we can get on the ferry at eight o'clock to get off at like 10 or whatever it is back on the mainland and then drive the two and a half hours back to Glasgow and, uh, and the hotel. So like, that's how long of a day this was. So also you'll find, you know, I'm going to post pictures, but my picture taking and, and energy level and enthusiasm was like, I was burning out so hard. So we drove across the Island and I'm looking at this. Like, it's funny. Cause when you're looking at Google maps in Scotland, like everything looks far apart, 
But then if you were to just like slide it over to Canada to scale, you're like, oh, it's nothing. So I'm like, I got to drive from one end of this island to the other. Like, what's that going to take us? Two hours? Are we going to have time, Simon? What time do we have to have dinner? Start driving to make the eight o'clock, you know, 730. And it was like, it's a 25 minute drive from the bottom of the island to the top of the island of, of Isla, not of Scotland, but of Isla. So we ate our dinner. We got to, you know, drive across the island on another one of those roads that's like single lane and you pull off and on for other vehicles. At this point, it's getting dark, so we can't actually enjoy the view as much as we'd like to. But it's still cool to be driving across this island and seeing these little like little little houses, little farmhouses like in the middle of fucking nowhere. You know, I would have loved to have driven all over Isla and just seen the whole fucking place. So much history, so much amazing whiskey is made on that island. Oh my God, it's a tiny little island off the coast of Scotland, guys. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, such good whiskey too. We didn't go anywhere near the Brooklatic Distillery, which is what I'm sipping on right now. Um, yeah, it was so cool. It was fun to see Simon get a nice appreciation for uh, for Isla whiskey too, because Cy drinks whiskey, but he drinks like Canadian, like Crown Royal. And some of the whiskeys that he was trying were like the sweeter sherried, you know, uh, Highland and Speyside scotches. But uh, yeah, after he spent a few days with me at the the Good Whiskey Spirits Company, and then of course on Isla itself, uh, sipping those like we we uh, you know, Cy Cy's uh, now now a fan of the Pete and the Pete Monsters, I should say, because he. He, uh, you know, I'll save you the trouble on, on Thursday or Friday. Fuck. Holy shit. There's so much left to tell you guys. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he got himself the, the, the Koilila, co- two Koilila, co- Jesus Christ, two Koilila's C-A-O-L-I-L-A's Koilila and like, uh, and smoky. Like if you don't like that peaty smoky taste, stay the fuck away from Koilila. It is, uh, it is, they are two very, very nice scotches that he got. And, uh, who boy, howdy. So, uh, yeah, um, we drove across the island. We got there way too early for the ferry, which is fine because there's nothing. All the distilleries on the island are closed now. So there was no point in trying to drive around to other distilleries and whatnot. You know, it was just like, it's closed. So I got my glasses. I got my, my whiskey. Simon got his whiskey. We parked our car and waited for the ferry to, to show up. And, uh, you know, we got on the ferry again, went up to maybe see about dinner. I didn't see anything. I felt like eating. I was also like, we had just eaten too. So it was kind of like, Ugh, what am I going to do? This is literally the same ferry and same crew that had drove us there in the morning. So they'd been working all day, but, uh, anyways, went right back up to that quiet lounge. Nobody was there. Cy and I passed. I definitely got to sleep way more on the way back than, you know, on the way there, but sure enough, you know, don't grab your shit back into the car. Um, lots of fuel trucks. I got to say lots and lots of fuel trucks, uh, were on the ferry too. So I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh, this tiny little island. Like, how do they get their electricity and how do they get their, f-? it's quite obvious that, you know, when the ferry comes and it's loaded with fucking fuel trucks, it's like, all right, that's where all the gas and everything comes from. Pardon me. So, uh, got on the ferry, got back. When we got off the ferry, it was just, you know, the drive back. And it was by this point, you know, I'd had some, some driving around in, in Isla that day and learned the sides of the roads and all that stuff a little bit better. You know, it was quiet on Isla. It was very, very quiet on Isla and I, I had fun driving it, but, um, yeah, sorry, forgive me guys. Oh, I feel the fatigue just telling the story, let alone when I was living in holy smokes. 
So we drove back, got to our hotel, and uh, and then passed the fuck out. I, I think we got there like 12 or 1 or something. We had an opportunity to, I think, have a drink at the bar. But uh, that was great. It was magic. Magical. Now, Simon was leaving uh, f- kind of first thing. I think he had like 11 o'clock flight to go to London because he was going to go see his sister uh, who lives in London. So he was going to take a flight. London, spend the uh, day and evening with her, and then meet me in Edinburgh the next day for my show at like 11 o'clock or whatever. His flight, his flight got him in at like 7 o'clock. So I basically had like all of Thursday to myself and and most of Friday to myself. Uh, so Simon and I woke up in the morning. We had breakfast. Then I went back to bed, and he he went to the airport to get his flight. Our, 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 our Airbnb, our, our hotel was right by the airport. So um, I think I got up at like 3 in the afternoon. Uh, like I was my first time to actually catch up on some sleep, like f- on the entire trip, like no sleep on travel day, no real sleep day one, no real sleep day two, actually no sleep at all, like one hour of sleep. So I think I was like, you know, an hour on the ferry back and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep. There's nothing I need to do. I'm, I'm, there's nothing I'm, I'm really like, Oh, I got to go into Glasgow and do that. I'm like, I'm going to catch up on some sleep. Cause I'm just going to keep doing everything like a zombie until I get some sleep. So I slept till like three. I started getting my shit together to like record the podcast. I'm like, I'm going to put my notes together and I'm going to sort of clean up all the stuff we've been accumulating and this, that, and the other. And then, uh, eventually I was like, I'm like, you know, fuck, there's a lot of, uh, I'm just, I I was like, you know what? I'm going to go have dinner like a gentleman in the hotel. Haven't spent any money today. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do that. Um, I think I put on, like, I was getting ready to, 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 no, no, sorry. That was the next day. Anyways, not that it really fucking matters, but I remember I spent almost all day Thursday doing fuck all. I, I slept late. I got up. I, uh, went and had like my dinner at like four 30 or something. I went to the restaurant. Uh, I had a breaded piece of fish and chips and in, in the, in Scotland, I keep wanting to say the UK. It is the UK. It's just. It's, it's more Scotland. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere in the English part and go to, to, you know, England. So, um, they, uh, they have mushy, mushy peas on the menu for a lot of things. Mushy peas, M U S H Y peas. And I was like, well, what makes the peas like mushy? I'm like, aren't they already mushy? You just like smashing them with a fork and they're kind of like, yeah. So you just see the peas and you mush them. And I was like, okay. So I'm thinking like cold baby food. And I'm like, why would you have that? So it's like, it's like the way it's like fries, a salad here for there. It's like, it's like, you know, fries, salad, mushy peas. And I was like, why is this so big here? But with my, with my dinner, I was like, okay, you know, they gave me uh, fish, chips and mushy peas. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to take the mushy peas. I'm going to try them. And they're all kind of like, no, don't like mushy, mushy peas. You know, I was talking to the girls at the front desk and I don't really like mushy peas. I tried them with my dinner. So good. They were hot. It was like mashed potatoes made of peas um, and no skins. I, I found no skins in them whatsoever, but they had like pepper in them. And I guess I don't want to say spices, but it was like just like salt and pepper in these peas, maybe a little butter. Uh, like, yeah, like you honestly, like you made mashed potatoes and peas. It was fucking delicious. It came in this little tiny, like little tiny cup. Like, you know how they give you, you know, baked beans here. If you order breakfast, they give you a tiny little cup of baked beans it was like that. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. I was dipping my fries in them. So fucking good. Um, the, the chicken or with the chicken, the fish was fine. It's just, it was that breadcrumb, you know, shake and bake bullshit. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't like, I like battered fish, not, not breaded, but, uh, the meal was good. Then I went out the front and I remember the, uh, 
the girls at the front desk wanted to talk to me because I asked them if the C word was really as bad here as it is in North America. And they were like, they, I asked them that like the first day or second day, cause I was doing shows. And then they were like, we just wanted to know what you meant. What C word you meant? We wanted to make sure we was right about it. You know, which one, I was telling them like, well, I meant cunt. And they're like, okay, it was the one, it was the one we thought, but it was, it was, it's not so bad. We wouldn't want to call one person that, but he called a group of people. I was like, okay. So like they were chatting with me and I, I wanted to ask them questions. And they started asking me questions about Canada and is there this and that. And I was telling them my experience with driving and shit. So I remember I ended up chatting with them for like an hour, hour and a half. And I said, I'm sorry, we're talking so long. They're like, no, it's making our shift go so fast. So it was cool. It was this quaint little, little hotel, the Glen Hill uh, hotel and spa. Love it. Hmm. Simon and I had noticed at breakfast a couple days prior that there was a pool and hot tub at our, at our hotel. And one of my plans on Thursday was to go and, and partake, but, um, I did not, uh, end up doing that Thursday. Now, again, I was chatting with the girls. Uh, the ladies had a great time, chatty, chatty back to my room. And then I remember at one point I, I went back and I asked them, I was like, just out of curiosity, like what would the price of an upgrade be for our, our hotel? Because they had us in two twin beds. And I don't know why I thought the two twin beds was two double beds, but, um, they, they gave, they asked me like, well, how, how long am I there till? And I was like, well, we're here till we're here till like Sundays when we would check out, but we're going to check out on Saturday morning just because we're going to, you know, pack our shit, check out, drive to Edinburgh. We're in Edinburgh to late. And then we come back. Our flights like almost first thing in the morning. So there's no point in us coming back to the room. So we're going to probably check out on, on Saturday. And she's like, oh, that's a shame. Well, you're paid up till, till Sunday. And I go, yeah, I guess. But, uh, anyway, they gave me a free upgrade to a much, much larger room with two double beds in it, which was fucking great. So I spent some of Thursday evening, like grabbing all of my shit and all of Simon's shit and moving it to another room. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, honestly, it was a great day. It was doing fucking nothing. Oh, and then late night I ended up driving down the road to get a pizza, you know, cause there's not a lot of shit that's open. Like I noticed that things closed down relatively early they're like, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock things close. Like either kitchens in pubs closed at like nine. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I mean, I guess they're not fat American fucks, North American fucks, you know? Cause it's like, no, the, you know, did you eat yet? It's nine o'clock. All right. You can, you can get shit faced. And they, 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 they shut down the drinking a little early too, like midnight or so in most places that was me chugging water, not whiskey. Um, but a little sip of whiskey. Mm. It really opens it up on the palate on the news. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I went to the pizza place. It was open to like midnight. I think I went there like 11 o'clock ordered a nice meat pizza, a little odd. Cause it was like slight, it was like chopped up chicken and chopped up meat and stuff it was delicious and then and then they, and then they were like stuffed crust on top i was like oh my god i got like a large pizza for like nine pounds and the funny thing is i was like online looking at other places and it was like a fucking domino's pizza over there was like 13 pounds pounds so like you almost double that for canadian conversion you know what i mean so it's like, okay, that's uh that's a $23 Domino's pizza to pick it up, guys, not to have it delivered, to pick it up. If they wanted to deliver it, you pay the delivery charge and you pay, you know, tip on top of that. I was like, what the fuck? So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna see what else. And then someone had recommended the curry house or whatever it was called. 
And I was like, all right, but like, but they got pizzas too. They've got traditional American pizzas and things like that. You mean, you know, try it out and see what it's got. Everyone, honestly, everyone at the Glen Hill was amazing. Everyone at the Glen Hill was amazing. And, uh, totally would stay there again. If I'm going back to Glasgow, even if I was going back to Edinburgh and I had a rental, I would, I would stay there again. That those people were fucking amazing. They treated me like, like a King. Um, so yeah, yeah. Super, super good spot. Um, anywho, yeah, the guy, like I was like asking them questions about food and they were pulling it up on the computer in front of them and looking and showing me the menus and making suggestions and trying to find things that were open. I was like, ah, amazing. So I drove up and I remember I was shooting the shit with the, uh, the, I guess, manager and one of the delivery guys. The delivery guy was like shitting on Glasgow saying like, oh, they wouldn't have this in America. Look at that fucking bus. It's a shite bus. And I'm like, when you see something, I had to explain, I'm like, dude, when you see something on TV, that's not like the regular buses. They got like fucking a company supplies them with all the vehicles and things like that. Everything's picked. Like, you're seeing the nice shit. I go, look at your ground. I go, look at all those, those cobblestones and everything there. I go, not a single one of them's cracked. That's beautiful out there. Like everything's look, your businesses all have windows and stuff. I go, you go to Hollywood or something and you see all the businesses with boarded up windows and shit like that. And you know, smell in the mildew. Like it was so fucking cool that like halfway across the world, I'm able to be like, this guy's talking about Hollywood and I'm like, Canada's nice. You miss it. The the States is nice, but I'm like, but you see everything in the movies you see from eye level above. You don't look down at the ground and see all the cracked pavements, all the lifted stones and everything like that. The lifted concrete in Hollywood, the smell of mildew, you know, every third business with boards over it and spray paint and bars on the windows. I'm like, no man, you're, I go, your country is beautiful. I go, well, you, tr- you get a chance to travel around. You will see it. And you'll be grateful that you have such a, a nice, clean, warm, welcoming home. Um, anyways, uh, they went back and I ate the entire pizza like a fucking animal, but it was delicious. And it was also like, it was, it was, you know, a large there is like, I don't know if you've ever had a supersized fry in the States. It is huge compared to a supersized fry here. Well, a large there is, is like a medium here. Anyway, it's still disgusting. I still ate it like a fucking animal. Um, Friday had woke up early, had my breakfast, right? Enjoyed me and some, uh, some Friday breakfast. Right. And, uh, what I did, I, I actually, uh, got ready, still dicked around. So I went, I mean, I had my breakfast and then I slept in again, right? <laughs> Nowhere to be. Um, I recorded both my podcasts, um, on that day. So the last two podcasts you listened to were recorded on the same day. And I was, that's when I actually sipped on my Laphroaig lore and my Laphroaig, uh, four Oak. I was sipping on those while I, uh, recorded the podcast. It was a lovely day. And then I got my shit together because I had to drive to, uh, what's it called? Edinburgh. I had my first gig of the week on Friday at a place called the comedy attic above the beehive Inn. um, big, big, big shout outs to Richard Mulland. Uh, oh my God. Did I just put a D on his name? I'm pretty sure there's a D on his name, but oh, this business cards right behind me here. Taped it up here. There is a D Rick Mullen, baby, Richard Mullen. Uh, great comic, great dude runs, uh, the, the monkey barrel, comedy club and uh and the comedy addict at the beehive Inn, both in edinburgh uh so cool to uh I, I went there and i checked in with the lovely rosie who runs the door there and uh that's where i, I rendezvoused with simon so simon was already there waiting for me by the time i got there a uh, bit of a different drive from glasgow to edinburgh mostly highway so lots of big lanes and by then i'd been sort of buzzing around a little bit bit of a pro once i got into town a little freakier because uh again shitloads of roundabouts and 
you know, the roads and the cars. And, and it's like, basically if you're used to driving in Ottawa and then you drive in Montreal, they're a bit wackier in Montreal. Well, Edinburgh's definitely, uh, you know, a little more aggressive with their driving, but you know, they don't scare me. I, I made it work. Um, yeah, so we parked the car, uh, rendezvous with Simon. Um, and then him and I went like a couple doors down. Cause I, cause again, we got there, like my show was 11 o'clock. So I was supposed to be there for an 11 o'clock show, check in at like 10 30 or whatever. Uh, and we're there at like you know, eight or something. So eight or nine. Yeah. Nine o'clock because the pub stopped serving food. Sorry for all the yawning guys. Um, so someone suggested a place called like, I don't know, Mario's or something like that, or whatever the fuck it was called. Like literally next door, St. Mary's or something. They're like, it's traditional American pizza. You go in, holy fuck. I mean, I'm in Edinburgh, Scotland, right? Cross the pond. We go into the street, we walk in and everything's like American flags. And I was like, it was so fucking hacky. And they're like, ah, traditional American pizza. And, you know, you sit down, it's like American, traditional American pizza. And like, it's like, it's like haggis pizza and fucking fish and chips pizza. And you're like, what the fuck? What is traditional about that? And like the only beer they had on tap there was Coors Light. Like they were really trying to be like, oh, look how American we are. But it was like, yeah, no. Anyways, Simon ordered wings. I ordered a, a Hawaiian pizza. The The pizza was fine. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I didn't find it to be particularly American, but it was just, it was fucking, it was pizza. Not, nothing good, nothing bad, you know? Uh, and then we went and, uh, went back up to the room. I got a chance to meet Rick and the other comics in the show. Um, again, bit tired this day. I mean, I just stressed myself out by driving all the way to Edinburgh, you know, their roads are crazy and stuff and reunited with Simon. And I'll tell you, Simon, holy fuck, chatty, chatty, chat, chat, chatty, chatty, chat, chat. Not, not unlike me, but at least my, my stories, I think have a point sometimes, but so it was nice to see Simon, but holy fuck, did he ever chew my ear off? So I was just tired. And of course, keep in mind that when this show is over, I'm going to have another, you know, hour and some drive back to, to Glasgow. So, um, comics on the show were great. Uh, there was a guy in there named, I believe it was Lawrence, uh, Rick Mullen hosted. He was fucking hilarious. Then we had a guy named Ben, uh, who went on before me. They do like a little bit of an intermission or whatever, but, uh, it was the first guy Rick, Rick hosted. And then, uh, this guy, uh, like I think it was Lawrence did, uh, did the opening act and then it was Ben and then myself. It's only 15 minute spot. It was fucking great. The crowd was great. I had a chance to joke around with them. Weird, weird group in the front, whatever, but honestly I had fun. It was so much fun to just listen to the jokes and stuff. They were telling it kind of works. You, you see a lot of like comedy style that you would see here just, just with the UK twist. And it was very, very cool to see. And then, uh, oh, and then. So that was the thing. I was telling Simon, I'm like, we got to get back after this because tomorrow, you know, tomorrow we would have a long day. We're going to have to wake up, do breakfast, pack, and then, and then make it to Edinburgh. Simon wanted to spend the whole day in Edinburgh sightseeing. And I was all for it, but I'm like, but before we do that, we need to pack our shit and have it in the vehicle because at the end of the day, tomorrow we're, we're heading to the airport and, and heading home. So the show's over and now I'm getting ready to do this hour long drive back. And Simon goes, do you guys want to, you guys let me take you out for a drink? Like to them, and they were like, "Uh, sure, yeah, that's great." And I was like, "Simon, you fucking idiot!" You know, like I'm not, I'm not against going for a drink with these people. They were amazing people, but I'm like, "But you want to go for a drink? It's fucking one o'clock, and some already, you know, another hour from now." And they're like, "Well, this place is closed. We can go up the road to." I'm like, "So we end up walking like 10, 15 minutes to this other place, try to find a table, sit down, get a drink." It was like three o'clock in the morning before we even got out of there 
And I've got an hour and some drive back to, to Glasgow. And I'm explaining to Simon on the walk back to the car. I'm like, dude, you realize that like the time we spent tonight drinking comes out of tomorrow. Like I can't just wake up in three hours and let's just have another full day of, of driving and running around. I go, we got to pack. And this. I go, it's going to, I go, the time we spent tonight is going to come out of tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, it's, that's fine. I was having a good time. He's like, I just, I just figured you'd want to stay in network with them. I'm like, well, if you figured that you should have asked me. I go, yes, it's nice, but if I say no right after you offer it to them, I'm going to look like the asshole that just screwed them out of a free drink. So it was kind of like, it was nice, but that time's going to come from somewhere. So anyways, we have the next day, have our breakfast early. And then I tell someone, I'm like, okay, it's, you know, breakfast is only served from like X amount of time, whatever. So we have to wake up at a particular time to have our breakfast. And then I go, I got to go back to sleep, Simon. He's like, well, you know, why, why can't we just go now, sir? Why can't we just get up and pack and go? And I'm like, cause I need sleep. You don't have to drive. I do. I'm, I got two shows tonight. You know, I can't just do, I've been living off of two hours sleep a night. You know, like that's basically why I spent one full day just sleeping and catching up and doing fuck all. Um, but anyways, yeah, he just, he just didn't get it. And then he was like, you're just being vindictive. And I'm like, dude not being vindictive. You don't have to drive in this crazy fucking backwards Narnia town. You know, I have to perform. I have to drive. I have to get us to Edinburgh safely. I have to get us home from Edinburgh safely. I go, I told you last night that that time was going to come out. Anyways, whatever. I don't need to tell you guys how I was babysitting. That was one thing. Simon's good dude, but he just, he just, he's like, well, well, I'm able to just keep going. I'm like, it's cause you don't have to drive or do anything. And I go, well, Simon, your brain's like fucking a third of the size of everyone else's. So it doesn't take as long to charge it back up. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, but I thought it, let me tell you, I thought it. So anyways, um, we, uh, I had a snooze. We packed cause we had so much shit trying to pack the bottles and the glasses and everything. So they don't break. Um, then we drove to, uh, like drove into town in Glasgow to go to the good spirit company. So Simon could pick up his second bottle of Colila, uh, different bottle, of course, but still Colila love that we drove to Edinburgh without issue and, uh, and got ready to go to the first show. So we got there at about six o'clock by the time we did everything else. Um, so unfortunately we wanted to see Edinburgh uh, castle or castle Edinburgh or whatever it's called, but we got there after dark and, uh, like an hour before my show. So Simon's like, I'm going to go tour around and I'll meet you at the monkey barrel. And I go, no problem. So the monkey barrel show, uh, my first time doing that one, I did the comedy attic the night before. And then tonight would have been my, I'm doing monkey barrel. And I think it was eight o'clock. Uh, and then had to go down to do the uh, comedy attic afterwards at 11. So the late show there. So it was kind of cool because, uh, the monkey barrel was a beautiful club. When I got in there it was such a cool room. I will post a picture of that. Um, and it was just, it was so neat you know, and the, the fact that they actually had me close the show, like a guy they'd only seen for a few minutes the night before, but when he booked me for it, never seen me, it was just off of the recommendation, huge shout outs to my buddy, Matt Watson, uh, to, to put me in contact with, uh, the people with Rick, Rick really, uh, was the guy put me in touch with them and holy shit, was that ever awesome. And it was so cool too, because, uh, they had, um, so Rick hosted the monkey barrel show, uh, as well. And he put on, there was one, two, three, four of us. And then myself. So there's six comics all together, uh, two intermissions. In fact, one of the guys who was working the bar there actually, uh, lived here in Ottawa and went to, to Carlton for a while. I couldn't remember. I think he was originally from Toronto, but he lived here for a few years. We were telling him about, you know, like some places here in Ottawa, like the, the Dominion pub and, 
and uh, the Lafayette or whatever. It was, it was just cool, like to just be across the world talking with someone who's, who's you know knows my home city or whatever. And so uh, they were all like, "Yeah, man, next time you come come back again, we'd love to have you." And I was like, "I would love to be there." It was it was cool because the green room was uh, Rick, who is from England, myself from Canada. There was uh, Paul, who was from Ireland. There was Neam from Ireland as well. Uh, there was uh, what's his name? Oh, fuck's sakes, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. I, I added him on on, on Facebook because he's the only name I could remember earlier. Matt, yeah, it was Matt. Uh, Matt was from, uh, New Zealand. And then there was another guy, Alex, who I believe he was, he was drop in. Alex was, was promoting a show that he was doing there. And I think he was from, uh, from England as well. So it was so funny that like we were in Scotland, but not one person on the show was Scottish. Uh, and the shit that we were talking about in the green room, just joking around, having conversations about this, that, and the other, like it was, it was the same green room that you would find anywhere else in the world. Just comics talking about, you know, the, the topics of the day and shit like that. It was so cool to just be amongst peers and everyone was just so fucking cool. A lot of people were meeting for the first time. So it wasn't just like I was the odd newcomer guy. It was all of us, you know, just kind of meeting. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I had so much fun on that show. The crowd was fucking amazing. The place was sold out days before jam. And they must've heard I was coming, <laughs> but it was just, it was jam packed. It was so fucking fun. Um, had a blast. And then I went to do this show at the, the comedy attic afterwards and that show was fun. There were so many great people in the crowd. Uh, there was, oh my God, did I ever have fun? There was this one woman who looked like she was in her twenties. So fucking sexy. Um, cause I, I watched the show so sexy, nice, long neck, nice, long ponytail. And I remember overtired, I'll, I'll overshare. I just remember in my head, just thinking like, oh my God, look at that. Look at that fucking neck. I, I love a woman's neck. I don't know what it is. It supports her beautiful brain. I don't know what the fuck it is. I, and I do, I do find intelligent. I find intelligent women way more sexy than fucking airheads. Some guys like the Barbie dolls. I don't, you're, you're a smart woman that nothing could be sexier to me. And powerful women are very, very sexy to me too. Um, but anyways, so I'm just looking at her and I'm like, oh yeah, I'd love to just grab that ponytail and just fucking sink my teeth or my lips around that neck. Uh, again, not in a rapey way. I know, I know how it's coming across. I'm just saying like a sexy woman is, you know, everyone has, has thoughts when they see someone sexy. And as I'm thinking that he asks her what she does and she's like, I'm a cop. And I'm like, oh, that's so fucking hot. <laughs> Authoritative, sexy like Scottish and she wasn't Scottish. I think she was from, from uh, England as well. So it's like this English cop. And I was like, Oh, that's so sexy. Her name was Kim. And then when I was on stage, I just remember I was fucking with her. I'm like, are you really a cop Kim? Or do you just play one in porn? And she was like, she was laughing. She was a great sport. Um, and I just remember saying all those things. I was like, if I, if I said that I had drugs on me right now, would you have to touch me? Like, would you have to <laughs> shit like that? Anyways, I, I approached her after the show and I was like, listen, thank you so much for being good. She's like, oh my God, it was so funny. You were so funny. I was like, ah, let's make babies. Um, but, uh, I didn't say that, but it was, it was just fun. Yeah. I just, I remember that. And everyone was saying like, you really, and I normally would never be so weird with, uh, with someone, I wouldn't try to make somebody feel uncomfortable, but it was just, it was working. It was working. She was laughing. The crowd was laughing. It was a lot of fun. I had so much fun doing shows there. I really, all my material worked. I was worried, like, would some of this stuff translate and work there? But everything I, I said worked. Um, and I was very, very happy. What a great experience there. Thank you. Monkey barrel. Thank you. Uh, comedy addict. Thank you, Rick Mullen. Thank you so much. Uh, Matt Watson for, for all of that. Um, 
you know, we're at an hour and 17 minutes here. I'm going to try to speed it up a little bit, guys. Um, the travel home was just whatever. We drove back after the shows, um, popped into our hotel one last time, uh, just cause we had some time. We had a quick nap. Um, we got a chance to see the lovely Lindsay one last time, got to see some of my other, the other people at the Glen Hill again, a, a magical place. Simon and I tried to find, we drove to three different fucking, uh, gas stations that were reportedly 24 hours, according to Google that weren't to refill our rental before dropping it off. So finally found one right, right at the rental place at the airport. So dropped that off, refueled it, dropped it off. And then, uh, I'm trying to remember what we did in the airport. I think in the airport, wasn't much of a, a, a wait for our flight. So we got on our flight, tiny little flight to, excuse me. I remember, did I get a free coffee on the one on the way back? I don't really remember. I think, I think I did. Anyways, who cares? Uh, British Airways flight from Glasgow to London. Once we got to London, I went to the, Simon opted to not um, join me in the lounge. And I, I went to the lounge, but this time I was just, again, so tired, like no sleep, right? An hour sleep. So I was like, okay, so tired. Uh, I remember like eating my food, but like I'm carrying two pieces of luggage with me. I feel hot and sweaty and I'm just like, and again, I'm just, I just want to sleep at this point. I'm like, where can I just find a, you know, same idea as the ferry. There was some couches in the lounge, but not many. There was maybe six of them and all of them were taken with people stretched out and sleeping on them. And part of me is like, I found a chair to sit in that was comfortable, but I'm like, but if I, I just, I got all my shit. I got a basically I had my big ass jacket and two pieces of luggage with me. And I'm like, ah, oh, just, and if I pass out here, am I going to fall asleep like deep and completely miss my flight? So, you know what I mean? Like the stress wouldn't let me sleep. Um, but then we finally found our thing for air Canada. I got in the plane delays, delays. And then once we were in the air, like again, tried to sleep, I didn't figure this out until my very last flight. Did you guys know that those pillows behind your head in a plane will fold out in like a V shape and basically cradle your head? So it's not like cocked over to the side, giving you a spina bifida or whatever when you're playing. I didn't fucking know that I would have, that would have made my flight over so much better. Anyways, I figured out on the fucking Air Canada flight on the way home and I was like, oh my God, this is magic. So I managed to get a little, very little sleep. Again, a seven, a uh, 7.8 hour flight. So it was like, it was almost eight hour flight home. And I remember trying to sleep and I couldn't quite sleep. And, you know, I tried to put on a movie, uh, peanut butter Falcon. So it's Shia LaBeouf and he's got a special needs friend. I, I didn't get it. Also the, the headphone jack on the arm was busted. So I was put, I had to like hold my thumb against it tight, tight, tight to get any sound. So I was like, fuck it. I just tried to sleep, whatever flight wasn't horrible. Nothing horrible. I get the food again. The, the flight attendants loved me and gave me free shit. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was, I was tiresome. I got home. My mom picked uh, myself and Simon up from the airport, uh, dropped some shit off at home. And then I had an opportunity to sort of hang out with my mom and my dad at their place for a little bit and just tell them this about the trip and share some pictures and stuff. But I was, I was bushed. And then Monday, I don't remember what the fuck I did on Monday, probably slept all day and did very minimal shit. Um, wrapping, wrapping this one up here, guys, uh, are getting close to the end Tuesday. I did, uh, I went to my, to see my therapist in the morning cause he had to move me to Tuesday. That was all he had. And my very first therapy session, he wanted to hear all about the trip. So I told him a lot about what I just told you guys. And, uh, I remember he, well, I'm feeling a little bit better. You know, my heart is still in a place where my heart is, but 
we discussed one. I mean, again, and these are 45 minute sessions. I'm not getting an hour with them. I'm getting 45 minutes, but again, I'll take what I can get. Um, we discussed something and, you know, and it was just sort of like, it was like a bit of an aha moment. It's unfortunate because a lot of this, I just felt sort of like, you know, abandoned, left behind this and that, whatever. And then he had sort of just, you know, I was talking about things and he's like, okay, so this, that, and this. And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, then it sounds like if this is that, then this is that. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And so, I mean, it, it basically, it took a lot of the pain off of myself. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, whatever my close friends who listen to this, you know, you want to talk to me about it. We'll talk about it and I'll let you know. And I'm looking to, to build on it, of course, but it's still sad. It's just the, the overwhelming feelings of like, I, I have no value and I was abandoned and I, I was the pro like all these things. It, it's taken away a lot of the, the pain of that. Um, and I sort of just, it, it's, it's just funny how much like it, it makes me realize it still sucks. And again, I will elaborate with my friends and, and anyone who really asks, but, um, it was just kind of like, oh, it's not, it's not just a direct, you know, insult, whatever. I, I'll explain it to you if you want to know, but, uh, but, and again, it's just, I'm also not trying to trash somebody else. It's just one of those, like, like the suffering that I've been enduring you know, and I'm not saying I'm a special case or anything. Anyone gets their heart broken, it fucking sucks. But, um, yeah, it's still ever the overtone of everything is still very sad, but, um, you know, where I felt like, like, yeah, whatever I, I, I felt particularly bad about myself. It's not, uh, it's not so much that way anymore. Um, I still feel sad for different reasons now though. And it's kind of just like, oh, well, it still sucks as much as I don't have to, to, to carry as much of the weight of it. I, it's still just, it's just a really sad thing, unfortunately. But, um, that was just one of 20 sessions. So if I can make that level of progress with each one, I think I stand to be in a pretty good way by the time this is all over. So cheers, uh, raise a glass of whiskey. Uh, you know, I've got my whiskey here, my Brook Laddick. Ah, it's good for what else you opens up the sinuses. Mm. Mm. Ah, so, and then on Tuesday night, I had a one-nighter in Manatech at a show. So went out for a nice restaurant there, had some drinks. They gave me a nice fucking, uh, holy shit, a heap and helping of, uh, of the Glenfiddich, uh, project XX or 20, depending on however it's said, um, where they choose 20 bartenders and get them each to pick a barrel and mix together. Yada, 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 booty, bada, bada, bada. Um, did the show there. It was great. It was myself hosting, uh, Mike Stork, David Brennan, a uh, good buddy of mine, Jim McNally was closing it. And then Jason and I stayed and, uh, shot the shit with the owner, had a couple drinks. Then, uh, Jay and I went to the casino. I don't even remember what the fuck we did there, to be honest with you. Um, that was Tuesday night. I think we had a, a good time. Uh, what do we have? We had a nice kid there. Oh yeah. He recognized me from the comedy show. Yeah. I don't know. We had some drinks, lost some money. Again, I was tired, jet lagged, but that was that. I was going to record the podcast when I got back from the one night and I'm just like, yeah, there's no time. It'll be too tired. Um, so yeah, I, uh, been a busy boy, been a busy boy. And of course, coming up on the next podcast, you know, coming up this, this week. So if you're listening to it going, going, Oh, what was Josh going on with the next week? Well, I've already lived it. But, uh, what I had coming up, uh, later in the week was I had, uh, a day with, uh, with my mom 
So again, I hadn't seen my mom in a little while and she's like, well, I got to take uh, some vacation days and love to spend some time with you. So I, uh, book a day with my mom and, uh, do some stuff with her. And then, uh, I had some Nespresso training for an activation that I have coming up. So a, a few days of hotel training and, and learning how to do all the stuff Nespresso. Um, I had an activation with oat milk coming up coming up, but I've already done it <laughs> at this point in my life. But in terms of this episode coming up, some training coming up, oat milk activation, you know, uh, and just kind of getting, getting back to life and whatnot. So, um, that's it for this, uh, for this podcast. I will say this, um, I've got an outro song for you guys. Um, and I want to say something, uh, you know, nice about the, about the artist. So, oh, geez, I want to say it would not, not sound like a fucking weirdo. Huh? Isn't that a nice intro into it? So, um, this person is somebody in my friends list on Facebook. Um, she's actually, uh, she worked at the Costco one that I frequent there. And I've got a lot of friends that work at the Costco and whatnot. Um, and you guys know me, I'm at Costco all the time. I love going there. Uh, always the deals guys. I'm a sucker for a bargain. There's so much new stuff there all the time, but, uh, this lovely lady, um, always had a smile on her face. Costco. I'm just going to be completely transparent. She, she was an absolute knockout. And I think it was the smile that did it. So just, there's all sorts of beautiful girls that you see on a day-to-day basis. Guys, we're very fortunate, uh, to be, <laughs> you know, in North America. Fuck, you know, there's beautiful women all over the planet. All right. And I, and I've, and I've seen them, but all I'm trying to say is, is, is I, I'm a sucker for a smile. I think the very first thing that I notice about any, any woman is her smile. So. I don't even, I guess the reason I'm talking about this is I'm kind of like, I don't know how she ended up on my friends list on Facebook. I don't know if I added her, or if she added me, but it's one of those things too, when you're going through like the suggested friends, cause I have a lot of friends on Facebook uh, that work at that Costco. So it might've just been a mutual friends thing or what have you. But, um, I never really knew this girl and never really, uh, had a chance to get to know her like my other Costco people. But I just, I always remember seeing that smile and going like, she's just always got this amazing positive energy to her. So, um, she hasn't been at the Costco in some time now. And, uh, but I have had the, the, I guess the honor and the pleasure of seeing through her Facebook posts that she is an artist or an aspiring artist. So she plays music. She plays, uh, you know, writes, writes songs, things like that. And, um, earlier this week, uh, she released her very first single and, uh, and I listened to it and, uh, I've actually only listened to it the one time, um, and it was really, really nice. It's a song, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, she was dealing with something personal, uh, I guess the end of a relationship, what have you. And, uh, and she, she played the song or she, she wrote the song. Um, I listened to it and there were aspects of the song that resonated with me immediately. Um, and since I'm always looking for something to play as an outro song, um, on the podcast, I reached out to her and just said, Hey, I, I listened to your song. I really enjoyed it. Are you cool with me sharing it? So um, so this week's outro song, guys, you listen to it, see what you think. Um, it is by, and I hope I pronounce this correctly. Uh, Nikki Arliss. Um, please Nikki, if I'm incorrect with that, send me an email contact at one man podcast, letting me know how to pronounce that properly. And the song is called white flag. So, uh, thank you guys for listening to the one man podcast this week. I will be moments from now swigging water and then recording the next one. So it's actually out to you guys on time. So the first podcast will be on time in a month. But uh, in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy the song White Flag by Nikki Arliss. If you like it, give it a a thumbs up or whatever you do with it on iTunes or or Spotify. Uh, Share it if you can. All right. So again, this is just a a local artist uh, in London, Ontario, Canada. Um, Share it. 
you know, let other people hear it. If you can find it on Facebook or something like that, just, just put it out there. That's how all of us artists, you know, get to get to grow and get seen is by people sharing it. So I'm sharing it here. And now, if you enjoy it, please, uh, please find a way to do the same, uh, white flag by Nikki Arliss. We'll talk to you guys again soon. (laughs) 